finding suitable mental health medications can be a challenge. The GeneSight test may help. Did you know that genetics can play an important role in gaining insight on how a person may respond to various medications? Understanding this may help reduce medication trial and error. GeneSight is a genetic test that analyzes variations in DNA. It shows how genes may affect someone's metabolism or response to medications commonly prescribed to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. Visit GeneSight.com for more information. Today's Callahan Show is sponsored by MyPillow. Go to MyPillow.com and use code word JERRY for huge discounts. For example, you can get the standard MyPillow, which is normally $69.98 for only $19.98 with code word JERRY. I'd call that a huge discount. MyPillow is made in the USA, and it comes with a 10-year warranty. It's machine washable and dryable. It's the most comfortable pillow you will ever sleep on. Makes an excellent gift for Christmas. Get it now. And you can support this show and you can strike back against cancel culture. As you know, like us, Mike Lindell is constantly under attack from the cancel culture mob. By purchasing from MyPillow, not only are you helping this show, you're fighting back against cancel culture. MyPillow isn't in the big box stores anymore, so you can get factory direct pricing if you order from MyPillow.com using code word Jerry. We got our MyPillow stuff, and I got to say, I love it. I love my Giza sheets. I love my MyPillow. And I tell, I'm tell, i telling you, Bug the Chug loves his dog bed. Uh, you know what else I, 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 I want for Christmas? I'm, I'm asking. I'm literally asking for Christmas, Carano, the slippers. I saw Mike Lindell showing off, uh, kind of uh, uh, promoting the, uh, the slippers. I love the slippers. I, can't I, have a pair and slippers. I, I have a pair, and I love them. Did you get a pair? Yes, I didn't How did tell you. Get you a pair and I didn't get a pair. <laughs> my wife well, had me buy a bunch of stuff because she loved it so much. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm looking forward to my my pillow slippers. You can get them too. Just go to mypillow.com prom and use the promo code Jerry. That's G E R R Y. 800-893-7406 promo code Jerry. This is the Jerry Callahan show. Hi, Karan, I'm going to start with a quick trivia question. I, I think you probably know this because, uh, you know, you have to have to know it. You know, you you work with me. You got to keep up. I try to, yes. Quick question. Yes. Um, uh, who is Daryl Brooks? Is he some sort of car? He's a... <laughs> Yeah, he's an SUV. Uh, yeah, no, he's a uh, outside linebacker for uh, the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, you didn't know that? I'm Come sorry. on, third round pick out of Florida State. Um, I, I swear to you, you know the answer. I know the answer. I think most people listening to me right now know the answer because they're smart people. They're they're news junkies. But I guarantee you, if you put that question to the whole country, it'd be less than half would have the answer right away. People might have to Google it. They might say, "Give me a minute, I'll think of it." But for the most part, I would say 99% of the people out there know who Kyle Rittenhouse is. I was going to say the same thing, yes. And about about 22% know who Daryl Brooks is. I thought, you and I talked about this, obviously, after the Waukesha massacre uh, on November 21st, uh, which is, what, now three weeks ago. Uh, I thought the media would uh, move on eventually. I thought they would downplay it. I thought it, I, it obviously didn't fit into the narrative. I had no idea the extent to which they would go to memory hold this. It's remarkable. And, uh, and, and then, by the way, that's not just the media. I, I understand this is redundant, but the Biden regime, the Democrats, the media, the whole, that whole uh, complex, they, they, they have uh, set this aside. 
They have moved on. I knew they would move on. I had no idea they'd move on this quickly or this callously. Uh, we will talk about that. And uh, and uh, the big visit, uh, who says the Biden regime is not sensitive to the victims of this massacre? They're sending, here's my second trivia question. Okay. Uh, who's the second gentleman? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that would be uh, Mr. Harris. <laughs> Douglas, Douglas Emhoff. How many people tomorrow in Waukesha, how many of the dancing grannies, the surviving dancing grannies, obviously a bunch of them were murdered by a black nationalist BLM supporting scumbag. How many of those people know who Douglas Emhoff is and care that Douglas Emhoff is coming to Waukesha to console them three weeks after the massacre? He's going to get absurd. no claps. He's going to get no claps. They're not going to know who he is. They're going to be, I mean, honestly, even the people who are up on things and they're going, that's him. I mean, I, I'm pretty well versed in this. I see a picture of him. I go, I, I, who's that guy? He looks familiar. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm, my heart bleeds for the man. I feel, I don't think I've felt so sorry for a human being in my life that I feel for Douglas Emhoff married to Kamala Harris. Can you imagine hearing that laugh? cackle all day every day having to deal with the phoniness the petulance of that woman that poor man he probably wants to move to waukesha he's like how about i go early i'll stay late i'll wait for i'll make sure everything uh he, he should probably go next to uh to uh, mayfield kentucky and say i'll stay here till they rebuild the whole place I'll, you know i'll be here for the next decade just get me out of washington <laughs> but he's going with dr jill it's good that they're sending a doctor because I think some people are still recovering from their injuries, so they get to see Dr. Jill tomorrow. It is mind-boggling to me, and I realize I never miss an opportunity to bash the empty husk of a man in the sure. White House, but yes. it is mind-boggling that he wouldn't make the trip himself. That is not asking a lot. I know Jen Psaki said there are a lot of assets here, a lot of assets when you move, when the president decides to take a trip I know, obviously, Donald Trump would have been there on day one, but so would have Bill Clinton and Barack Obama and George Bush and, and other George Bush and, you know, Reagan and, you know, Eisenhower and you name it. Uh, uh, Calvin Coolidge would have been in Waukesha. They'd taken the, uh, the train or the horse, horse and wagon to, the, to go there to console these people. It is remarkable how callous and cold and dark-hearted our, our, our commander-in-chief is, he doesn't feel the, the, the need to, to go there and just visit these people who suffered in this devastating attack. He's going to do what? Stay back and take a nap while his wife goes to Waukesha? It's, I don't know. It's I think embarrassing. It's, I, I it's think, I think his handlers know that this is one of those opportunities that if he does go down there and butcher it, if he has one of his senior moments down there, that will, that will be extremely harmful for him. Like, he can mess up. He can mess up at like, you know, small televised events, you know, with a lot of planning or whatever. And that, and that's kind of okay. Like we can make fun of him, but if he messes up here and comes across as a, an angry guy or starts talking about climate change, I think, I think, I think <laughs> right. that's a lot it's of a good, blowback. That's a good point. They said, first of all, he probably had like five or six rehearsals and he just couldn't pronounce Walker show. <laughs> he just couldn't handle it. Wakushi? And he couldn't, you know, didn't understand. Uh, but uh, he's not going you know what he's going to have to do? He's going to have to go to Mayfield, Kentucky. There's no doubt about that. I know he doesn't want to leave the, the, the comfy confines of the White House or one of his many Delaware mansions, but you can't ignore what happened in Mayfield if you're the president. I mean, you can go anytime because it's going to be years before they, uh, this poor 
people uh, rebuild their community. But I think he's going to have to go there. He ignored the 80th anniversary of Pearl Harbor. As you point out, that's much too long a plane ride, even though there's like a big master bedroom with a big king size bed and, and the, you know, like, like masseuses there to rub your feet and help you get to sleep mm. on Air Force One. He didn't want to make that trip. He didn't go to Army Navy because he knew he would knew he would have been booed. By the way, he went to the Kennedy Center Awards. I don't know if you saw this, Karana, but went to the Kennedy Center Awards and went on with Jimmy Fallon and bragged about it. Said uh, Donald Trump refused to go to the Kennedy Center. Donald Trump wasn't invited. They didn't want him there. There were people, actors and and, and whatever uh, producers. Norman Lear said he would boycott if Trump showed up. So Trump said. Those aren't my people. I don't want to be among the Kennedy Center crowd. So we didn't go. Biden actually went on Jimmy Fallon and mocked Trump for not going. And you know what uh, Jimmy Fallon said? That was really nice of you to go to that presence, the president. <laughs> As uh, somebody pointed out, that's a four-minute car ride from the White House. Four minutes for uh, the president to go to the Kennedy Center Awards and rub elbows with his people, the elites, the limousine liberals. And Jimmy Fallon thanked the president, Joe Biden, for going to that. But he won't be going to Waukesha. He sent the little lady and the second gentleman. We will get into that, how the people of Waukesha feel like they've been ignored. And there's a good reason for that. They have. They're kicking people out of the military, as we predicted. They're starting with the Air Force, but that's just the beginning. That's just the first step. Kicking people out who, who, who are in the military, doing their jobs throughout the pandemic, risking it, getting, in many cases, getting COVID, recovering from COVID, getting the uh, natural immunity, doesn't matter. The Biden regime is booting them out of the military. Generally, I criticize Joe Biden for not keeping his promises. Not today, Carano. Oh, you're on his side. He lied to uh, Ayanna Presley and AOC and uh, all the rest of the the parasites in the uh, Democrat Party who wanted the... uh, the taxpayers to pick up to foot their bill for grad school, you know, and uh, Joe Biden, I'll, I'll, I'll read it to you. Joe Biden said he'll take care of that. And yesterday he said, mm, change my mind. <laughs> you have to pay your own bills now. And that's just that that's not sitting well with my girl, Ayana. Um, Fox News, big scandal, big scandal. Fox News hosts texted Mark Meadows, chief of staff during the uh, January 6th riots. Uh, we can read you some of those texts and ask, so what? <laughs> what the hell is the problem with that? And more details about uh, CNN producer John Griffin, uh, I guess former producer John Griffin. It's too bad, too, because he was going to work with uh, work with Chris Wallace when Chris Wallace got to his new place because Chris Wallace couldn't stand the people at Fox, you know, those low-quality, low-character people. So he was going to go to work with John Griffin and Jeffrey Tubin and on Don Lemon at CNN, you're not going to believe. I can't believe. I can't get my mind around John Griffin's Sick. crimes. I maybe you can help me out. You're a little bit of a perv, right? You're no. a little, you know these. No, I'm not. You know, no, no, you're not. You know, no, you know. no. I don't. I'm I can't. I, he, I'll just give you a tease. He bought the house we talked about in Vermont, the ski house. He bought it just to lure women and their daughters into his lair where he would uh, force them to do things. He was doing this while producing for Chris Cuomo. And and by the way, I told you this earlier. I said, 
you might want to get your resume in there, Corona, because I can't believe what they pay producers at CNN. You're not going to believe the toys this guy, and I'm not just talking about, you know, little sex toys. I'm talking about real toys that this guy, John Griffin, had. And the best news, it's all gone. They've already said they're seizing every, they everything have to. he owns. Yeah, they have to. It's all evidence. It's They're seizing his Tesla. Poor John Griffin. We'll get into that. And a lot more. Today's Callahan Show brought to you by DCU. Do you love your car but hate your pro- car payment? No problem. Refinance your car today with DCU, and they could help lower your monthly payment, lower your interest rate, or both. Applying is easy, and then loan experts will help you find the loan term and the payment that fits into your budget. Get out of that high-rate loan and get the interest rate and the payment you deserve from DCU. Learn more and apply today at dcu.org slash refinance, insured by NCUA, membership required. All right, as I said, uh, three weeks ago, we talked a lot about the massacre in Waukesha. Waukesha. It's it's got everything. I thought, you know, it's got a, a, a it's got video. You get to see this madman behind the wheel of his red SUV, um, and kill people, kill kids, kill dancing grannies in the middle of a Christmas parade. I mean, it's a it's it, it's got a racial element. This guy did not like white people. It's got religious. This is a Christmas parade. You got visuals. You got face of little Jackson Sparks, eight-year-old Jackson Sparks, big baseball fan, baseball player, no missing his front tooth, smiling for the camera. You have dancing grannies. He killed grandmothers who were in a group that danced in the parade. There's some of them have survived, and they're available, by the way, to talk to the media. There, they would love to talk about their fallen comrades, their fallen grannies, and. Uh, maybe, you know, there's other townsfolk who would love to talk about the people who lost their lives that day and how the town is recovering and how, how it's, it's resilient and how they're going to celebrate Christmas. There aren't really many people in the media interested. I knew they would do this. You knew they would do this. We knew they would uh, move on uh, because it didn't have all those. El- they couldn't stoke the, f- the fires of racial hatred. I mean, they could one way, but they only do it the other way. If this were a white driver and a black, whatever, black parade, uh, BLM parade, BLM rally, or just in a black community, a black a place where, you know, the people, the, the, the bands and the dancing grannies and the kids in Little League were, were, were mostly black and the driver were a white nationalist or white supremacist, it would knock January 6th off the, off the lead, off the front page of everything. It would be the biggest story three weeks now. It'd be on the front page of every paper every single day. But these people in the mainstream media are just such vile, contemptible people. They don't care because the killer is a black nationalist, a black racist, a a black anti-Semite who literally has Facebook posts saying how he hates hates white people and thinks Hitler did the right thing. Exactly, yes, that's that's the sick thing. And I think you made the right comparison before with Rittenhouse. You had a a white guy in self-defense um, kill three other white guys, but it was at a BLM rally or a BLM protest or a riot. Yeah, yeah. So, so, sort of. So, right. But, so, but that never left the media's mouth forever. But, but so then why isn't Daryl Brooks on the front page of everything? It even has to be you, racial motivated. Even if you're a crazy liberal, you know, BLM supporter or whatever, even, which is, you know, which applies to most people in mainstream media, by any definition, this is a huge story. Is. This is a massacre. Put it this way, Carano, the uh, Daryl Brooks, in the, the driver of the SUV in Waukesha three weeks ago, 
has killed many, many more people than Omicron. Back to my trivia question. If you were to ask, if you were to ask a, a thousand Americans who Daryl Brooks is, what would you guess on how many people would know? I would think 200. I think somewhere around 20 to 25. I was going to say 20%. And again, it's not entirely their fault. They, they're not seeing it in the news. It's not in the news feed. It's not on TV. Um, how many would know what the Omicron is? I think it's more like 75%. It's not like Delta, <laughs> but, it's, but it's pretty high. Yeah, some would say he's a character from like uh, Transformers right, or yes. something, right? But yeah. most people would know what the Omicron variant is. The Omicron, I believe, has killed one person in the world. In the, and we don't even know the details. That person could have been 400 pounds and 97 years old. Right. Uh, don't know. It's killed zero Americans. Omicron, which has initiated all kinds of new lockdowns and all kinds of new uh, draconian restrictions from our fanatical blue state mayors, governors, and, and, the, and the biggest fanatic of them all, Tony Fauci. They want to do all kinds of things because of Omicron and stop people from flying without without vaccines and just make everybody's life more difficult and exert more control because of Omicron, which has killed, again, zero Americans. Daryl Brooks killed six Americans, including an eight-year-old boy, uh, Jackson Sparks. Well, he could have killed a bunch more. I mean, he hurt tons of people. He hurt dozens of people. It's true. He hurt 60 people. Yeah. And we saw one kid, a young kid, get out of the uh, hospital in his wheelchair. He had everything, broken pelvis, arm. I mean, he was messed up, but he's healing. I haven't seen any other stories about the people. That's a good point. Think of that. These are all American kind of stories. It's Christmas. So if you're in Waukesha, and even again, if you're a radical nut job, loony, loony lefty, you know, Bernie supporter, which again applies to most people in the mainstream media, you think you'd go there with your camera and your, and, and, and your microphone and catch some of these people who were severely hurt and now they're on the mend. They're getting out of the hospital. They get out of the hospital. You know, the grand dancing granny gets out and there's her grandkids run up to her. That's pretty good TV, wouldn't you say? Yeah. That's pretty good TV around Christmas time when all the lights and the, and the snow. And I mean, it just seems like a pretty good story. Follow up. Maybe give, them, give the world some good news about this. Maybe, right. People you know, tell the stories. I, I, I mean, I saw one story about Jackson Sparks, the eight-year-old kid killed. His brother was badly hurt. How's he doing? I think his brother's 11 or 12. How's he doing? Who the hell knows? Who knows? We don't, no one's covering it. Here is, I knew, I knew, again, I knew they would memory hole it because it doesn't fit their narrative. I had no idea just how vile these people are. They, they, and I'm talking, you name it, ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, New York Times, Washington Post. These people are beneath contempt. They, they don't care about these, these dead dancing grannies because these poor women were killed by a black man who supports BLM. So we're moving on. We'll find something else to cover. Here it is from Newsbusters uh, yesterday. And again, I, I knew it was bad. I had no idea it was this, this crazy. As they point out, it's been 22 days since a bigoted anti-Semitic criminal drove his SUV into a Wisconsin parade murdering six. Yet not long after the Waukesha slaughter, the network stopped mentioning the name of alleged killer Daryl Brooks. By December 7th, ABC, CBS, and NBC had completely abandoned the story altogether. Brooks shared online memes stating that Hitler was right 
he hates white people. He uh, posted uh, uh, a message saying, we start back knocking white people TF out. So again, just envision if that's a white guy saying, we, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, what, what would be the version of Hitler was right? <laughs> then start saying, we'd start to knock black people out. Yeah. I mean, if that, if that message, I mean, if one of the people who trespassed on January 6th posted that message, that person would be on the front page and they'd be talking to their third cousins about what went wrong. When was he radicalized? Right. Somebody pointed this out. I think it was Jesse Kelly. Probably. He's, he's, he's usually the guy who makes these kind of really, really good observations. But he said, they t- Stephen Miller's Donald Trump's immigration guy. The left hates him. He's really outspoken. He's smart. Kind of looks evil, but he's great. Anyway, they went and talked to his third grade teacher and asked her why, what went wrong with Stephen Miller, a guy who's not a criminal, just a, he's a, a strong border guy. He's a, he's a wall supporter and worked for Trump. They talked to his third grade teacher about why, what went wrong. You think there might be somebody in Daryl Brooks's life who could explain to you, I don't know what went wrong. He's got a, criminal record a mile long literally 50 pages 50 pages long you go through that and you find out i mean he, he beat up women that was one of his things he raped a young girl that was one another one of his things you think you maybe could find some people who could talk about daryl brooks and maybe what went wrong why he went from just being this criminal who you know who smacked around his girlfriends to a guy who murdered six people just at a Christmas parade? I mean, we did hear from his mother, but it was mostly just her blaming the system. Um, right. So you're right. Good, but, yeah. but but that was it. It was a release statement by her. It wasn't like they anybody interviewed her or anything. So no, I haven't seen anything. Um, but the so you said that it's been since December 7th. The last time ABC, CBS, and NBC had, had talked about um, the incident in Waukesha. But they didn't say Daryl Brooks's name then. It, it's amazing. Here, here it is. Uh, since uh, November 24th, that's the last time uh, NBC mentioned it, Megan Fitzgerald said court records reveal more about Daryl Brooks' alleged actions. They added nothing to that. Uh, that was the last time they mentioned his name, November 24th, three days after the assault. Right. Uh, that, that's the, um, since that day, the networks have dropped the name Daryl Brooks. CBS dropped the Waukesha killings completely after November 25th. ABC last covered it on December 5th and NBC on December 7th. By then, this act of murder had become a self-driving car. Uh, On today's show, they blamed the SUV itself for, quote, for decades of dancing grannies spinning and twirling their way into the hearts of people across Wisconsin. But just weeks ago, the beloved dance troupe making national headlines after an out-of-control SUV crashed right through the Waukesha Christmas Parade. Yeah, that's uh, Tom hey. Lamas uh, from, from today, and I have that sound, but it's crazy. Like, you're exactly right. It shifted the story to now it's this, this evil, possessed SUV. Uh, CBS Mornings previewed the, previewed the Blame the Car talking point on November 25th. There is now a sixth victim after an SUV barreled through a holiday parade. Same. I mean, it goes on and on with the way they covered it without mentioning his name. It, it's, I mean, he, he was, 
This points out he had a history of raking, uh, ranting about fake Jews. He shared quotes claiming that Negroes are the real children of Israel. I believe that's the black Israelites uh, theme. Uh, he advocated for violence against white people in rage-filled posts. He, get, he, 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 he called for violence against white people, and then he carried it out, and there's been a blackout. That is literally the last mention of his name. November 24th is 14 is 20 days ago, yeah. 20 days ago. And there's, uh, uh, I got a story here from the New York post where the New York post, again, the only news I, people call it the oldest newspaper in America. I prefer to call it the only newspaper in America that actually covers the news. You can count on them to, to, to go against the, the grain and cover the news. They go there, and to their credit, you know, they talk to people who are there. They talk about the details uh, of, of what exactly uh, Daryl Brooks did, why he was on the street. He got a, bailed out for $1,000 yeah. after beating up uh, a woman. He was a woman, trying to run over his, uh, his, ex, his ex. Tried to run over a woman with his car. Right. I, I should say he didn't. The, the red SUV <laughs> tried to one, run over the mother of his child. Uh, and jumping bail. He was arrested, arraigned for jumping bail, and the judge on orders from the DA, this crazy left-wing DA, John Chisholm, let him go on $1,000 bail. Um, he, by the way, he could still make bail. It's $5 million, I believe. $5 million. So you can, you know, Jacob Chansley, who wandered around the Capitol on January 6th, uh, couldn't get bail. Not, no, no bail. He got 41 months, three and a half years, for trespassing in the Capitol. This guy got nothing for trying to run over a woman, woman in a car and jumping bail. He was bailed out in a thousand bucks, got back in his car and went and ran down a bunch of dancing grannies. Here's uh, state Senator Chris Kempenga from uh, Delafield, Wisconsin. He wrote a letter to the, to the governor, that's Tony Evers, another guy who's got blood on his hands. He says the left was so sympathetic to Kyle Rittenhouse victims but they're not saying a word about the victims here. It's not fitting their narrative. The reality is that this person, Brooks, is pure evil, and the left's soft on crime policies are blowing up, blowing up in their faces. They want to ignore it and hope it goes away. Meanwhile, the parents of an eight-year-old boy killed at the parade are having to face their first Christmas without him. And they talked to a few uh, uh, um Local politicians and, and local people, I guess, uh, they're willing to talk. They're willing to talk. Um, the um, uh, the people who were there, they talked to the dancing grannies and how they're recovering from seeing their, their comrades wiped out by this piece of garbage. Three injured children remain in fair condition in Children's Hospital in Waukesha. Many other victims... Have been released from the hospital but sustained life-changing injuries one child's limbs were almost ripped off a source told the new york post it's unbelievable and and what do we hear about this what do we know about this what well, i mean does anybody care we knew much much more about joseph rosenbaum unfortunately for the media because i mean they tried to to uh to, to cover it up as i mentioned before the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, the biggest paper in Wisconsin, made an editorial decision to not tell their readers about the history of Rosenbaum or Anthony Huber mm. or Gabe Grosskrauts. We didn't know about their criminal records. You didn't know Rosenbaum had been in prison for 
whatever it was, eight years for molesting, for raping young boys. You didn't know he just got out of a mental hospital. You didn't know any of that if you read the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. That didn't fit their narrative. So they covered that story and they um, wanted you to believe Rittenhouse was a was violent, murder. vigilante, murderer, yeah. racist. Racist. Didn't work. Didn't fit the narrative. This guy is a violent, racist murderer. And they don't want you to know anything about him. I'm just, it, they don't I was, care about these victims. I was just trying to go I Google search like uh, Waukesha survivors. And there's there's like nothing. There's nothing since the the late late November. Um, no one's covering it at all. Like we're not getting any stories on this. The uh, the brother of uh, Jackson Sparks' name is Tucker. Tucker. They probably don't want to talk to him. Maybe he was named after Tucker uh, Carlson. He was injured. He had a fractured skull. He got out of the hospital, though. He went home. And the New York Post contacted his parents, and they did not want to speak publicly. Uh, that's fine. I understand completely. That's and But as the New York Times, have they tried to talk to any of these people? They list uh, all the dancing grannies who were killed, and then they point out that a bunch of them survived, and, and they, they talk about you know their, their, their experience and everything else. But we don't know about it, and it just mind I mean, it's just so so cynical. Just say, well, we got dead kids and dead old ladies, but it was a black guy that killed him, and he's anti-Semitic, and we don't want to draw any attention to that because he supports BLM, and he is a career criminal who is – Gets out of you know gets out of jail on a thousand dollars bail or less or no bail, like every single time. That makes our guy, the DA, look bad. That makes our guys in BLM look bad. Let's not tell you their story. It's absolutely disgusting. I'll uh, I'll retweet the uh, the New York Post story, updating everybody on the the victims and the, and the, the kids and the grannies and the how the local community's doing because I'm not sure you get to see that anywhere else. And again. If you're looking, I know how this works in newspapers, TV stations. They're saying, oh, it's December 14th. We need some good Christmas stuff. No, oh, I'm sorry. Some good holiday stories. Sure. You know, it's plus, you know, you get some slow news days around the holidays. And I know they're saying, well, we got these, uh, you know, dancing grannies. They're dancing again. They're performing again. They're, you know, whatever they're doing, wearing black you know, ribbons or whatever for their friends and we got this poor kid jackson sparks the family are they just consciously saying no we don't care because it doesn't fit our worldview i don't know but the crazy thing is that you would you would expect it from a very liberal like you'd expect it from new york or california or very liberal cities but i i wouldn't expect that this sort of blackout would happen from a place like wisconsin I, I I'll say it again. I'm, I'm even even I'm surprised at this. Even there's I'm not surprised. Even, there's not even this. local coverage. I don't. I'm not saying maybe there is and it's buried, but I'm not even seeing local coverage. It's well. I mean, the the day after the twenty second, the twenty third, it was not on the front page of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Yeah. Two days after the murder, uh, they were still you know cleaning the blood off the street, and the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, the biggest paper, and again another left wing rag didn't put it on the front page. Now you tell me if that's a white guy running down black people or anybody, white guy, you know, white nationalist running down anybody. That's on the front page every day for weeks and weeks and weeks. It never ends. But this doesn't fit their, their narrative, so they're just going to drop it and hopes, hope it goes away. It's disgusting. Maybe they'll cover it tomorrow because Doug Emhoff is there 
And I know the people on uh, Waukesha are still hurting. They're going to feel better tomorrow. Doug, Doug Emhoff is going to be there to, you know, actually he probably won't give him hugs because that's not safe. He's a, as we know, Doug Emhoff wears his mask when he kisses his wife. He and Kamala, when they kiss, they wear their masks I don't just to show him. how much they care. So Doug Emhoff and Jill Biden, because the president can't be bothered with these, these nobodies, these, these nobodies in flyover country. He's sending his wife and the first, second, third gentleman, whatever his title is. It'll be interesting to see how many people in the town of Waukesha even know who the hell he is. But that's tomorrow. So uh, good luck to the people in, uh, in uh, Waukesha. Good luck pretending they give a damn about Doug Imhoff. All right. Uh, I, I have to say, well, we're going to get to the CNN producer because it's, it's mine. But talk about something that's going to get uh, memory hold. This, there's been a lot of creeps in the news, in the media over the years. I don't think anybody is in the class of John Griffin, but I do want to uh, uh, first do um, student loan forgiveness. Obviously, an absolutely insane idea from the beginning. Obviously, if Ayanna Presley and AOC and Elizabeth Warren are pushing it, obviously, it's not fair. It's not equitable. Obviously, you're st- you're taking from the have-nots and giving it to the haves. It's a huge. It would have been a huge redistribution of wealth. Yes. Take a look outside. The guy you see picking up your trash or paving the roads or, or, or you know, painting your house or the guy, whatever, working the cop. Or, that person was going to have to give a little bit of their paycheck to pay the debts of some deadbeat gender studies major from Wesleyan. Half of the people who are underwater with student debt are grad students with grad degrees. These are... People of means who figured they would bite off more than they could chew and get go into debt and someone else would take care of it because that's the way they lived their lives. And that's what Ayanna Presley and Elizabeth Warren promised them. Um, and I, I certainly believed it was going to happen because that's the kind of guy Biden is. He does he takes from the, the, the makers and gives to the takers. That's how it works in uh, in government today. That's all. My congresswoman, Ayanna Presley, my senator, that's all they do all day. Is how can we best serve the non-working class? How can we screw the people who make this country go and give to people who are sitting on their ass doing nothing with their palms out looking for another handout? I'm telling you, uh, they must have been shocked. They must have been shocked yesterday. Um, Ayanna Presley was upset because... She said um, giving, um, uh, forgiving student debt wasn't just a debt crisis. It's a racial justice issue and a gender justice issue. It's time for POTUS to hashtag cancel student debt. Okay, he didn't do it, so we don't have gender justice, I guess. Does that mean we don't have gender justice? I think to her, that's the case. But did you know that there, America has $1.73 trillion in student debt? Imagine forgiving that. Um, no kidding. And, and, and first of all, it's one big scam. It's one it big scam. scheme. Subsidized, subsidized student lending is a scam, right. absolutely. You, you convince students that you get them low rate and they're, and they're going to be able to pay it off because you know they're going to get a degree and get a job. So they take out loans that they can't pay back. They get a worthless degree. They don't have any work ethic to begin with. 
And then they look to daddy government and say, but, but you said I wouldn't have to pay this. And I still want to know what's the difference between a student loan and a car loan or a home loan. Why are we paying off? Why, why would, uh, you know, I, I, again, I understand Ayanna Presley, again, all she cares about is people that don't, don't pay their fair share, that don't contribute to society. Those aren't, you know, those are her people. But why not say forgive car loans? You know, what, why not say forgive home loans? What's well, the difference? I, I will say there is one difference, and that is you can't, like if you BK, if you, if you go into bankruptcy, you can have those debts forgiven, but you can't have uh, subsidized student loans forgiven. Good. Um, and, and the other difference is you got no collateral because you could take the home right, and take too. the car. That's right, exactly. But, but that, that, wouldn't, that wouldn't matter to Ayanna Presley or Liz Warren. No. Um, the idea that uh, schools are running this scheme, this, this pyramid scheme, I mean, someday maybe people will catch up on it and uh, and say enough. But as we know, I, uh, Elizabeth Warren worked at Harvard. She taught one class. She made four hundred grand. That 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 little relationship is pretty cozy and pretty cozy. profitable. Yep. You think Liz Warren will ever say, "I got an idea"? Harvard has forty billion dollars in endowment. Why don't we get them to pay some of to forgive the loans or pay the loans? The colleges are flush with cash. If anyone spent any time on college campuses lately, you see big, big buildings. They're building the new dorms and new science centers and new libraries and new gyms. They are flush with cash because they're convincing. They convince kids that they need a degree, even if it's in, you know, gender studies. Uh, and in the, in the higher more school cost, the better it is. So the reason a school like, you know, BC or Northeastern raises their rates is because BU raised theirs and they want to keep up. They want to be one of the more expensive schools because kids will, if they can't afford it, they'll take loans. The government will, will give them a low interest loan and they'll do whatever it takes to pay because they say, once I get that degree, I'm good. And then they hit the real world and they go, wait a second. I can't do mean, anything not, with this thing. You're not going to, I'm, I'm going to be a really good inclusion officer at this company. And then we don't really need you today, but you still got to pay your bills. And then they look to Ayanna Presley and Liz Warren and AOC and say, wait, you said I wouldn't have to, you said it was gender equity. So even, even, even views, viewing this as a, like a, a less cynical way, it's still like, think about the incentive structure, right? So all these colleges have to compete, right? They got to right. compete again because subsidized loans are happening and kids can choose to go to a school. They want to be, they want to look like the best comparative school. Um, so they get that, right. that fat, uh, government checks. So they build new stadiums, they build new dorms, they build no student centers. And then that, of course, well, oh, now the rates have to go up because we got to pay for all those things. So it's just a self-fulfilling promise. And if you, if you can't afford it, don't worry. The government will give you right. the money That's and right. you'll just pay it back later on when you're, you know, out in the real world making real money. It's a big scheme. And maybe someday people will wake up to it. Maybe they won't. It's funny. You like people, you'll say, when I was in high school, nobody went to private college. It was not even a thought. Nobody went to Tufts or Wesleyan. It was too expensive. You said it's nuts. At some point, they convinced people that they could afford it because they could take out loans. And once they went there, you know, take out more loans and then we'll get out and they'll pay it off. And it just doesn't work. And they go, wait a second. You tell me you lied to me. Yes. Joe Biden lied to you. He lied to your face, Ayanna. He lied to your face. Uh, let me get the quote. Quote, on November 16, uh, 2020, that's uh, last year after winning the election, student debt is holding people up. They're in real trouble. They're having to make choices between paying their student loan and paying the rent. Uh, student loan forgiveness, quote, 
should be done immediately. He said, good luck. <laughs> he was president when he said it. Uh, uh, and <clears throat> no. Uh, and he also says we should forgive. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is him last. This is him in uh, March of 2020. We should forgive a minimum of 10,000 per person of federal student loans as proposed by Senator Warren. Young people and other student debt holders bore the brunt of the last crisis. It shouldn't happen again. That's what he said. That's what he promised. He lied to bore you. Bore the brunt of the last crisis? I don't see how that equates. But what, the but 2008? The or, yeah, what's I, he talking Whatever. It's, he doesn't know. He doesn't know what he's talking about. But anyway, it was funny. I, I got a good chuckle seeing uh, how, and I really think Ayana and AOC, Liz Warren, thought he was going to do this, thought he was going to, you know, give, take money from hardworking Americans. I mean, there are people who don't go to college because they can't afford it. They go to work. Those people, the, Ayana and Liz want those people, that guy working, you know, putting a roof on next door because he couldn't afford college and he made a smart, reasonable decision. You should take a little bit out of his check and give it to the spoiled brat for Wellesley who went to, you know, the Tufts and got a worthless degree and can't afford it. So that kid putting the roof on should pay for that spoiled brat living in, you know, in the wealthy suburbs. It's madness. It's nuts. And I guess I'll give Biden credit because this is the right thing to do. I guess it's a twofer. He did the right thing and he lied to AOC yes. and, and Liz Warren. So, hey, hey, I'll give him credit. Joe Biden made the right move. Uh, for once, not for the right reasons, but he made the right move. And uh, it's good to see all the uh, moon bats losing their minds. But all right, let's talk about home health before we uh, get to the, the super creepy CNN producer, uh, John Griffin. Uh, you thought Tubin was bad. He's got nothing on John Griffin. But first, let me tell you about home health. It's a comprehensive hormone optimization clinic that helps men get their energy back, their focus, their libido, and their muscle mass by addressing low testosterone. Home offers at-home biomarker testing, in-depth physician video consults, and FDA-approved medication delivered straight to your door. Since it launched in 2020, Hone has helped thousands of men. You got no energy to make it through the day? You're having a hard time putting on muscle in the gym? Your libido's not what it used to be? Your hormones could be to blame. Did you know testosterone levels have decreased substantially over generations. Our father's generation had testosterone levels that were 25% higher than ours, but it's not our fault, damn it. There are many factors, such as environmental changes that are affecting our generation today. 30 million men in the U.S. have low testosterone that's affecting their daily lives. Hone Health, Hone Health can help. Hone helps men get their get testing and treatment for low testosterone <clears throat> from the comfort of their own homes. It's easy. You collect a sample, you mail it into the lab. Once the results are ready, you have a video chat with a real doctor. The doctor will recommend a personalized treatment plan based on your biomarkers and symptoms. Treatment includes FDA-approved medication delivered straight to your door. Although I'm not a medical expert, Hone Health is, and they'll be there with you every step of the way. Order Hone's easy-to-use at-home assessment test today. To learn your testosterone levels for a limited time, our listeners can get at-home testing and a doctor consultation for just 45 bucks. Go to honehealth.com slash Callahan to take advantage now. That's hone, H-O-N-E, honehealth.com slash Callahan to get the at-home testing and the doctor consultation for just 
45 bucks. All right, do you know who uh, L.C. Grandison is? He used to be at ESPN. I was an op-ed columnist for the L.A. Times and a political tribute contributor to ABC News. Will Leach, he's the founder of the late website Deadspin and a former WEEI.com contributor, a contributing editor of the New York Magazine, author of How Lucky. They, these two come together to bring your soon-to-be favorite sportscast, quote, the long game, the long game with L.C. and Leach. The long game with L.C. and Leach. That's it. That's the name of the podcast. The Long Game with LZ and Leach covers the intersection of sports, culture, and politics from vaccination hesitation to online betting to all the isms and phobias we've come to know. Sports not only reflect our culture, but they drive our culture. New episodes of The Long Game with LZ and Leach are out every Wednesday, so head to therecount.com or your preferred podcast platform to listen to the most recent episode. You know who else has a new podcast? Who's that? Our old friend, Mike Milbury, a uh, former Bruins player, former Bruins coach, Mike Milbury. He's going to join us tomorrow, Karana, because uh, as we we like to talk about uh, cancel culture. Mm. And my favorite canceled culture stories are the people who got canceled for nothing, for doing nothing. Like the idiot from uh, The Bachelor, Chris Harrison, did nothing. Like uh, Grant Napier, the play-by-play guy for the Sacramento Kings, who said all lives matter. He got fired. That guy. For... Um, there's a new one, by the way, at uh, Fordham University, a professor who mixed up, like in a big classroom, he mistook one black kid for another. He thought they looked alike, and he called them by the wrong name. He got fired. <laughs> he got fired. But nothing, but there's no better example than Mike Milbury getting fired by NBC for what he did. Again, I remind you, if you can't remember what he did, he did nothing. And he's saying, he's putting his foot down. He says, I refuse to be canceled. So he's going to join us tomorrow talk about what life has been like after the cowards at NBC uh, fired him. And uh, I don't think the NHL went to bat for him at all. But uh, Milbury's pretty good, man. He's a straight shooter. And we'll talk to him about that tomorrow. Um, I need you to help me out with one thing before we get to uh, the uh, creepy CNN producer. This story about Mark Meadows, he was subpoenaed by this uh, ridiculous January 6th commission with a, a bunch of Trump haters, including Liz Cheney, leading, leading the charge. Uh, the, 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 the obsession with January 6th is just insane. It doesn't matter. Forget, you know, Waukesha, forget everything. They don't care. You know, this Kentucky thing, this little whatever, this little tornado caused by climate change, that's on the back burner. We must talk about January 6th over and over and over again. It's not enough. The people are doing hard time and in this uh, D.C. jail. The people are you know, going to do four, five, ten years for uh, trespassing in the Capitol. Uh, we have to have these hearings. And it's, again, it's a way, they're hoping to drag them out till next midterm so they can make an issue out of it. Um, because, you know, Trump went away and they need a boogeyman. So now it's this January 6th insurrection again. So they subpoena Mark Meadows, chief of staff for Trump. They get his text messages and telling you, if this doesn't make you uncomfortable, I don't care which side you're on, then you're not paying attention. They, they are reading text messages, private texts from a guy's, the, the, on a guy's phone. And he's in contact, he's being reached, being contacted by Fox News hosts, including Laura Ingram, Brian Kilmeade, and Sean Hannity. Liz Cheney's sitting there in the chambers, congressional chambers uh, yesterday, reading private texts like that i don't even know why they're important 
And CNN is trying to make hay. They're trying to make something out of this. I'm sure NBC is too. And I'm saying, uh-oh, did they catch you know, Hannity saying, let's storm the place. Let's overthrow the democracy. Let's, let's behead Mike Pence. Uh, is this going to be big? Just the opposite. All the Fox hosts, and by the way, they also have Don Jr. texting Donald Trump Sr., which doesn't Don Jr. have dad's number? Why is he going? Oh, he's, he's, he's texting Meadows and not, uh, and not his dad. Is what, yeah, right. right. He's texting Meadows. These, people, these are all texting Meadows. But like Laura Ingram saying, you know, tell the, you know, the president he's got to do something. These people are out of control. They're sounding the alarm saying, stop this. Tell Donald Trump Sr., the president, to do what he can to stop this. Am I missing something? No, you're exactly right. There, all these Fox hosts are saying, please get him on TV. Um, you're destroying everything you accomplished. That's Brian Kilmeade. You've got Hannity saying, can you make a statement? Ask people to leave the Capitol. They're imploring him to help do whatever he can to put a stop to it. It seems, uh, and I guess I, I would be somewhat surprised that it that they're all that cozy, but uh, maybe I shouldn't. I mean, this is Mark Meadows. He's not, he's the chief of staff. Uh, he was a congressman, you know, maybe part of his job is to communicate with the media. But I heard this and said, uh-oh, I owe, anytime you hear private text messages, you're thinking, this is going to be, this is going to be big because it'll, yeah. it'll be swearing in it and there'll be uh, all kinds of gossip in there. And instead it's just tell the president to tell these people to stand down, which is what most of the country, while they're watching this thing unfold, while Pelosi, you know, ordered no National Guard, order the cops to stand down, let them do this for obviously political reasons. And we could see now it was a smart, cynical move by Pelosi to let this happen and then use it for the rest of time. Uh, I'm thinking, you know, any anybody's private text messages are going to really be embarrassing. Anybody's. But not these. <laughs> not these. These are not, at least not the ones... She's read, and Liz Cheney has one goal, and it's to embarrass Republicans, embarrass Trump, because she's got 11 months left before she gets booted out of out of Congress uh, by the, the good people of Wyoming. You did make a point, though, that none of the – so there are a bunch of texts here, not just from Fox News hosts, right, from other – from reported uh, Republican members of Congress who wrote to Mark Meadows, but they're not saying – they've all these are – you know, we're under siege here at the Capitol. They've breached the Capitol. These are all from um, – people in con- from Republicans in Congress, and they're not naming who these texts are from. They're only naming the Fox hosts. Why are they protecting the politicians? It is scary that we're at the point where a, a congressional committee can just get people's texts and read them on like live TV. Is that doesn't bother people? That doesn't bother people that that, we've, that, that, that kind of privacy is, is gone in America? Because, you know, next time, I, I have no faith that the Republicans will ever control the swamp, will ever have this kind of control. They just don't have the people entrenched like the Democrats in the FBI and the CIA and the DOJ, but the shoe could be on the other foot. They could be up there reading texts from, you know, Nancy Pelosi to, uh, to the Capitol police. How would that work? I mean, wouldn't that be fair? Shouldn't we do that? Yeah, we should. I'd like to see those. I mean, you're a big, big privacy guy. This is scary stuff when the government is not only well, getting your texts, but to, reading them. It has to work both ways. If you're gonna, uh, if you're gonna start releasing all these, all these texts from private citizens, then why are you shielding the government? Why are, why are you shielding, um, you know, uh, Republican congressional members like, or, or Democrat? Why are you shielding any of the government people? In fact, we have, more, we have a more right to know from them, uh, our public know, servants. That, right there, at least their phones are probably free, you know, government issued. 
they're demanding from Verizon and AT&T the phone records of yep. people at the Capitol who committed no crimes. Right. They're not charged with anything. They're just, you know, people who were involved in the rally or people who were, you know, supporters of, uh, of, of Trump, the vocal supporters of Trump, and they're demanding from the phone companies all their phone records. It just, I don't know where all the uh, libertarians are, the civil libertarians are. Well, actually, I do know where they are. They're on the side of the government. They're on the side of big tech, big media, and, you know, and, and the federal government. That's where they are. ACLU is all, is they're well, fine with this. They're not libertarians. <laughs> well, I don't know. Some people still think those initials mean uh, something. I don't, don't get me wrong. They're not libertarians. They're absolutely supporters of the, of the deep state and of the federal government now, but uh, it is scary. It is creepy, but let's take creepy to another level. Yeah. Uh, if you have not paid attention to uh, this guy, John Griffin, he was a longtime producer at, uh, at CNN, he was Chris Cuomo's right-hand man. There's all kinds of photos of them hanging together, traveling together. He was the guy. And apparently, Chris Cuomo or CNN pays their producers pretty well because this, uh, let me get it up here. This guy has, and has, has stuff, his assets have been seized. Uh, let me see. No, the federal government intends to seek the forfeiture of Griffin's houses, his Tesla, his Mercedes and other property, including his computers and his cameras. A producer at CNN, see my experience in radio, producers, you know, they they work hard. It's kind of a you know thankless job, and they don't get paid, you know, real money. Not at CNN. If you can afford a ski house, that by the way, according to the government, was purchased for the purpose of committing these crimes, which is, I guess, why you can seize it. And his Tesla and his Mercedes and his computers and his cameras. I mean, I'm going to say this right now. John Griffin, he's in trouble, Carano. He's in trouble. They got his computers and his thing was communicating on Zoom and through various apps with... Yeah, fetish sites and things, yes. Yeah, fetish sites. And his thing was to get mothers and daughters to come together, either on Zoom, where he had a mother, which I, I read this like three times trying to picture it, trying to understand how you could find someone to do this a mother and their 14 year old daughter to touch each other on zoom he was into this whole submissive thing he wanted the mother and the daughter to submit to him and um shall we say uh penis worship him uh, quote unquote penis worship yeah that was his thing so that and it's all on tape and they got witnesses and they get recordings and he's going away to prison forever and gonna lose everything but he was doing this for years while working as Cuomo's right-hand man. So CNN's, the average salary for a producer at CNN is 90000 and it ranges from a production assistant who makes somewhere around 62000 63000 to a senior director, which makes 289000 That's not enough to have a $1.8 million second home. Like, there's got to be other money there somewhere. Uh, yeah, maybe, but... Uh, he spent a lot of money sending you know, the women money to get them to come to... Uh, uh, to his ski house. He picked them up in Boston, by the way, drove them up to Vermont and then like ordered them around. And he had sex with a nine-year-old child. He's disgusting. According to this indictment. In one incident described in the indictment, Griffin accused is accused of sending a mother from Nevada $3,000 to fly her and her nine-year-old to visit him uh, where they engaged in unlawful sexual activity. 
with a child. This was going on at CNN. And let me remind you, Chris Wallace thought, you know, didn't like the people, the character at Fox News because, you know, Tucker Carlson wants to know how many feds were in the crowd on January 6th. And he talks about, you know, January 6th and the insurrection and just, he couldn't work with that kind of person anymore. So he's going to go work with John Griffin. Well, not him, but Jeffrey Tubin and Don Lemon. Jeffrey Tubman, who whipped it out on a, on a Zoom call, and Don Lemon, who rubbed his ball sweat in a bartender's face, allegedly. Those are the people who are now working with uh, Chris Wallace. All right, quickly, let's get to, uh, let me do Shay, and then we'll get to uh, this um, this Air Force, this, this start uh, right. of, the, uh, of the purging of the military, and we'll give you a suggestion for a Christmas gift. If you're still looking for something on your list, we got one more suggestion. But first, let me talk about Shea. I would have been telling you about Shea Concrete for a long, long time. Today, we're sitting with the man who makes it all work, the man in charge of the whole place, my brother-in-law, Greg. Hey, Greg, seems like business is booming at Shea Concrete. We're cranking that out, Jerry. Well, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering, what's holding you back these days? We could use some good help. You need people? We need people. How many people do you need? At least 20 people. 20? Well, what kind of people? We have positions driving trucks, working in the production plants, estimating engineers, all kinds. you need any podcasters? You know, we do have the precast podcast. <laughs> well, I, I think it seems like a great place to work, as I tell people. It's a family atmosphere. You guys are good to your people. There's a great gym here at the headquarters. Uh, what's holding you back? Why can't you find people? Besides being to work on time, you have to pass the drug test. Ooh, <laughs> you have to pass a drug test. That's all it takes. All right, if people want to uh, come see you, they want to talk, what do they have to do? Bunch of ways. They can, if they want to be a team member, they can go to shakeconcrete.com, fill out an application. They can come to our, any of our offices. We got four locations. They can call me up directly. They can email jobs at shakeconcrete.com. And you'll give them a hat? And you'll we'll give them a hat. Hats. Yep. All right, sounds good. Shayconcrete.com. I saw a really cool, uh, nice cafeteria here. Can we go have lunch? Oh, absolutely. We got empanadas and chicken. <laughs> Excellent. I don't know what they are, but I'm going to go have an empanada. All right, this, I had this question for you this morning, Carano. The U.S. Uh, Air Force yesterday kicked out 27 heretics, 27 anti-vaxxers, people like you, kicked out of the military. These are people who've signed on to serve their country. and probably most cases served it all through the pandemic, went to work all through the pandemic. And in many cases, got COVID and recovered, had natural immunity and said, why, why, why do I need a shot? Those people, they've been deemed filthy, dirty people. They're kicked out of the Air Force. Yesterday, they kicked out 27. I said, what about all the rest? There are thousands in the military. We went through the numbers earlier. There are thousands of people who are on the, on the hit list from the Biden regime, that they want to purge the military of anybody who will not submit, who will not comply. But you say there's cases are pending. Is that how it works right now? Yeah, so the 27 just seem to say, no, I'm not going to get the vaccine with right. no, you know, not trying to get some sort of exemption or not. So they were, basically, they were let go. They were fired, discharged, whatever, because of, for not following orders. But there are 4,700 others in the Air Force who are seeking a religious exemption. So those are pending cases, um, and we'll see where that goes. But uh, but then there's also the other problem, though, is it's this is not the numbers here are not counting everybody in the reserves, right? 
So oh, the, guard, that's right. the guard and the reserves. Um, so the total amount, it says the Pentagon is saying that 96% of act, active duty personnel have gotten at least one shot, but that doesn't include all of the, the guard members and reserve members. And it brings the number down to about 74%. So, so uh, maybe a majority of reserve and guard members have not received the shot. One shot. And maybe maybe they don't care. Maybe some of them say, you know, kick me out. I don't care. I got a job. I got a life. I don't want to serve for this president. But we went over the numbers before. This was a, a month, six weeks ago. And there were 51,000 Marines who hadn't gotten the, hadn't gotten the vaccination. Right. If they're going to kick out everyone who's unvaxxed, and it'll take a while, I assume, and they got to go through all these, you know, religious or medical exemptions, that is going to send a message. I can't imagine young guys who would normally go from high school into the Marines are going to say, screw that. Hey, why would I want to do that? I don't want to serve for them. I mean, they're going to do that. They're going to, yeah. I mean, they're going to go through my social media and look at my tattoos and all that too. And they're going to say, the hell with that. I'll go, you know, I'll go to Wesleyan and get a gender studies degree. No, they won't do that. They'll just go to work or they'll go whatever, get a job. Uh, it just has to have a devastating, chilling effect on the military. And it's only just begun. Yeah, the military is so the military's going to go after the Guard and Reserve uh, uh, members, too. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin has made it clear that Guard and Reserve are also subject to the mandate. So that's that's going to come down. That's going to come down, too. That's going to get ugly. That is going to get ugly. All right, here's my uh, my suggestion. You know what? I'm, having to, I'm not ready to do my whole review of uh, Laptop from Hell. I'm halfway through. I'm halfway through the Laptop from Hell, which is worth it just for the cover. I love this cover. And uh, even though Miranda Devine hasn't gotten back to us yet, she's a busy woman, it is a great read. A great read. And I'll give you my full review. It's like reading about, uh, you know, uh, Freddie Mercury or, 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 or Chris Farley or John Belushi, if their father were president and if they were scheming and scamming all over the world to make millions for the family. And these, these people are so corrupt. But Hunter is so out of control. He's just such a freaking wild man. If you're into that kind of thing, and I, I love those stories, usually they either die or they go to re uh, rehab at the end. Him, it's just one day after another of Demonstry. doing an eight ball, doing an eight ball and banging a stripper. That's just his life. But it's a great read, and it's all verifiable because they got the laptop. Oh, I'll give you my full review another day. Today, I'm going to suggest uh, a mug or a T-shirt uh, for Christmas for uh, someone on your list. A bug the chug mug. Or a Bug the Chug t-shirt. Are those still available? Yep, just go to thecallahanshow.com and the store is in the, uh, you can see a link to the store in the menu on the top there. Get right to it. If, uh, I've told you about Bug the Chug, the uh, cutest little uh, blind three-legged dog Shot. out there. We got him on a mug and on a t-shirt and you could buy one this Christmas at thecallahanshow.com. Correct? That's correct. Excellent. All right, so uh, we shall leave it there. Thank you to everybody for watching, for listening, for commenting. Thank you to... Uh, Matt Carano for producing. I appreciate it. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is The Callahan Show, and we will talk to you again tomorrow.